Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646 876 and enter the pin 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. Well, hello and welcome to Sports Lounge Live. Chris will tell you the numbers and the dates and all that stuff. And Chris, take it away. Okay. Well, happy Tuesday to everybody. Uh, for those listening live, it's January 26th, 2021, show number 128. And uh, right now within Route 128 here in Massachusetts, which is where Rick and I live, we're having a little bit of snow, and Robert's got some snow uh, out in Redding, California, and Perry just had a bunch of snow. Uh, Bill hasn't got any snow, and I guess Sean hasn't had any recently, although he had a couple of a week or so. It's 70 ago, degrees. 70 degrees so uh yeah but we're having a minor we're having a minor uh, storm no big deal you know one to three inches not nothing but we have been lucky when you think about it about the winter around the country because it could have been a lot worse and we've got enough to go through right now without having to deal with that that's for sure so ours, anyway, was, ours was not minor chris <laughs> no no not the storm but i mean it hasn't stayed you know you get these things where it snows for three weeks and it's below zero and all this other stuff you can get times like that and luckily we, nobody's really had it that bad and especially here in the Northeast, we've been pretty good. So anyhow, um, we are going to be, of course, talking about the NFL. We have our two Super Bowl participants. We have the young gun against the old gun. And, um, you know, we'll uh, see how that goes out. We'll talk about that. We've got some reports of different coaching changes and things going on in the league. Uh, then we are going to be talking about baseball, a lot of signings in baseball. Then we're going to do the NBA. And I got my uh, NBA schedule today, and it's only up through March 3rd, which is all that they have scheduled for. So next week, I'm going to give you tonight's schedule when we do the standings, but for next week, we can do what we used to do with the NFL, because it's pretty hard to get schedules these days, um, and a lot of people don't have them. So maybe next week, uh, well, I'll read a few days in uh, for the show, as I will be on our phone system. Uh, then we have some college sports, some interesting things happen in college. Sean will tell us about the... Um, set up for the NCAA in Indiana this year and how it's going to work and it's kind of be compressed, you know, the same dates but kind of more compressed because they won't be uh, traveling as much and, you know, you probably keep your regions all together. It'll be kind of nice that way instead of having, okay, this is the pod that's going to end up in Albuquerque, you know, kind of thing that confuses everybody. Yeah. And, and here they're playing in Boston but they're going to Albuquerque later, you know, kind of thing. It's confusing everybody. And then uh, we will talk about hockey. There was a big trade. And uh, I think that's going to be basically it. But any, And then, of course, I have a list of deaths. Let me do that first before I forget. And a poll question. And a poll question that Sean will tell you about in a couple of minutes. The first death, of course, the most prominent one. Everybody heard about this. Hank Aaron uh, died on um, Friday. And, uh, you know, we, we have some audio of that from MLB, of 10 minutes of audio. And we have his information from David USF. He was 86 years old. 
Don Sutton. We mentioned him last week, but we didn't have the info yet, so we'll get to him at 75 years old. Chuck Mills, 92 years old. He was a college football coach. Uh, Tony Jones, offensive tackle in the NFL, 54 years old. Uh, Lou Getz, 74 years old, college basketball coach. Uh, Mike Sadek, 74, backup catcher for the Giants. Uh, let's see. Lonnie uh, Nielsen, 67, the PGA uh, golfer who uh, never won any tournaments, but he was a, he was big in Western New York, let's put it that way. Ted Thompson, who's a linebacker for Houston. I didn't even know that. And played, uh, and of course, was the GM for the Green Bay Packers. Roger LeClaire, a kicker and linebacker for the Chicago Bears. And uh, uh, Muriel uh, Grossfeld, uh, she was a gymnastics coach, an Olympic gymnastics uh, participant in the 50s and 60s. Then we have even more. Oh, it's a busy week. We have George Armstrong, 90 years old, Toronto Maple Leafs right winger for over 20 years. Um, Cyril Pinder, 74 years old, NFL and WFL running back. Ron Samford with an M, a shortstop for Detroit and Washington in the 50s. And then he was 90. Harthorn Wingo. Now, I always thought it was Hawthorne, but it's Harthorn Wingo, 73 years old. He was the Knicks... Uh, victory cigar. He'd come in when they were way ahead most of the time, and, uh, and, and Nick Spence player. So that's uh, that. And so other than that, like I say, the NBA schedule came, um, and that's really about it here. We're getting a, a slight snowstorm, and uh, just uh, enjoyed all the football. It's kind of a bummer to, to uh, have to see that the football season is ending, because it's, it's been fun. Even it's been a little antiseptic. It hasn't been as much fun as it can be, but uh, anyway, we'll talk about the Super Bowl and the, who's going to be there, and I think it's pretty cool what the NFL is doing about that. Rick, what do you have to say? Well, just hello to everybody. Um, I don't have a team to go after this week because, as we all know, it's all rainbows and unicorns with the new administration. That's right. <laughs> and uh, so it's just kumbaya. I'm glad, and, uh, in, I'm glad you believe in unicorns now. That's yeah. Good. yeah. So just let the Super Bowl hype begin. Yep, it will. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, what do we usually do? Robert? Uh, well, uh, as Chris said, I'm experiencing snow out here, and it's very, it's uh, sort of unusual because we haven't had it for a couple of years, and they say the storm is supposed to be pretty significant, so we'll see if the weather folks are right. But the Super Bowl should be interesting, and, boy, we got a lot of stuff to cover this week. So sit back and relax. Okay. Uh, let's see. Perry. Yeah, we, our our storm. Um, there we go. Our storm was not uh, minor. We had at least a foot of snow here last night, so uh, it was kind of nice to be inside eating my uh, very hot chili. I, I love hot chili, and I don't mean mm-hmm. just hot because it's hot. I, I you know put the I had a Carolina Reaper pepper and a Tabasco pepper and all that kind of stuff in it. So Whoa. I really do enjoy hot chili, and, and it was good. <laughs> so okay. uh, uh, it was good. We Super Bowl's coming up, and I think the one thing that got me with football this year is I really did miss the crowds. I yeah. really missed the crowds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. John. Okay, Bill. Oh, Bill. Uh, Bill. Okay. We'll go to Bill uh, first. All right. Well, th- those crowds are coming back. Um, 
if you believe everything you see on TV. So I don't think we have to worry about that, Perry. It's between 75 and 80 degrees here. I just had to lower the air conditioner just a little bit because it was getting a little warm here in the studio. Funny how we can adapt. Two weeks ago, I'm freezing at home wearing a jacket and all that stuff. What can I tell you? But the last Looking, time I've been outside, the more wimpified I think I'm getting, though. Yeah, you me know, too. This year, I've been commuting in this stuff uh, for a couple of years, and it's kind of, oh, man, it's, it's only 25. You know, I mean, come on. That was nothing in the old days. Yeah. Okay. The, the one John. thing I'm going to say about football real quick. Okay. Um, yeah. We're really the quarterbacks. They said quarterbacks could be changed up to 18 different teams this right. year. So that's something we've got to look forward to. Go ahead, Sean. Uh, can the NFC get younger quarterbacks, and will the AFC take some of the older ones? Because right now, it is so lopsided. If you think about the quarterbacks yeah. in the AFC, they just, I mean, if, if this keeps up this way, it's almost like the National League being better than the American League in the 60s, 50s and 60s because they had more black players. I mean, this well, is it's, it's like the amazing. golf. Uh, it's like the golf uh, senior tour. All the seniors are on the NFC, and all the young people are on the That's AFC. Right. Okay, well, we've, we've waited long enough for Sean because he's all plugged in. He's hunkered down because his phone he, his phone could lose the charge. So he's all hunkered right there by the wall, but he wants to talk to us anyway. All right. Well, anyway, yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, it's 70 degrees here. <laughs> Just wanted to rub that in, as I said earlier. But we got a poll question for you that we'll get to later. Uh with the retirement, we'll talk about Philip Rivers announcing his retirement. Uh, got me thinking about some of the best players who never won a championship. You know, because Philip Rivers, he never won a championship. But now, some of your, you know, we're going to, that's going to be the full best players that never won a championship. And some never even got to the championship. They were really, you know, just amazing. But especially the ones that never got there. So we're going to talk about that later, and whenever it's that time, you can call in, or you can call in anytime, 646-876-9923, into the code 287-723-4600, hit the pound key twice. Uh, also, don't forget, check out stuff, uh, 712-432-3642, board 9 is the Sports Lines board, board 13 is the Schedules board, and you can contact us. Sports Lounge at allthingsradio.net, uh, 773-572-7715, or 800-693-0595, option two, say the message is for Sports Lounge now. Did, you know, wait, 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 wait a minute, Bill, did you not say op- use option one for the time being? Yes, use option one for the time being. Option Okay, use one. option one for the time being. Use option one. So, anyway... Uh, now, let's get to the crazy world that is the NFL. All right. Well, the first thing, as you mentioned, Philip Rivers is retiring, and he's going to retire and do some high school football coaching. That's what he says. So maybe he's yeah. – I don't know if he just wants to do that and sort of be with younger people or he's trying to build a little bit of a resume to come back as a coach. You know, you can do both. You can be with your kids for now, and then five years from now you do a little bit, do some college, and then – you know, work yourself back into a position where a pro team might take a look at you. So, well, he we'll does have he nine kids. So yeah, he's almost got enough kids to field the football team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. almost. Okay. Philadelphia Eagles hired Nick Sir- uh, Sirianni. He's the yeah. offensive coordinator for the Colts, and the Colts had a pretty good offense this year. 
And when I heard about it, <laughs> they're saying that he uh, is really somebody that they think could work with um, uh, Wentz because Wentz. they they yeah. really have to do something. I mean, they've got they really invested in this guy, and they've got to make it work somehow because they they would take a bath if they don't, and they'd be in salary cap hell and whatever. So they kind of really need to, and they're hoping that he can figure something out. And I think that was the that was the why they wanted to have uh, have him, but. I, it's a tough situation because they were talking on this uh, show. This guy uh, Bert, uh, I, I forget was Greer or Freer, the guy that covers the Patriots. Albert Greer. Albert. Yeah. Albert. Yeah. Okay. Albert Greer. Okay. Well, anyway, he was saying that they've got a lot of older players in some positions. They've got salary cap issues. They've got a lot of things going on. So this is not going to be an easy job in Philadelphia. Plus, you're dealing with the Philadelphia fans who are not happy at, on the best of times. So you know, I feel awful sorry for them. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> well, and those okay. fans haven't been at the games all year, so they're probably by next year going to have a lot of energy worked up. Oh yeah. yeah. Actually, at the very beginning, I think they did have a few hundred or something. They they worked something out with a few. I think the Eagles had a few people there, but not many. Uh, Dwayne yeah. Haskins, uh, your one year uh, pickup for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He signed a one year contract, and uh, this is another one of these Mike Tomlin. Oh, we'll make it work. You know, this guy's uh, well, he's misunderstood or whatever. I don't know. We'll see about that. Oh, and as a result of that, Chris Duck Hodges was released by the Steelers to make room for Haskins on the roster, and the Los Angeles Rams have picked him up. Okay. And uh, so I was listening to this. Uh, I was listening. Got to listen to the sports uh, hub the other day uh, during the morning show because I uh, stuff at work had kind of uh, I was copying stuff. And anyway, they were talking about Eric Bieniemy, and uh, this will get into what uh, Sean has been talking about anyway. And they apparently the actual thing that is is the problem is that he covered up, helped with other coaches about thirty years ago to cover up a sexual assault uh, with, with the Colorado program. That, yeah. yeah, he was in college at Colorado. Right, and he, well, but was he coaching then, or just a college <laughs> no, kid? No, he was a player. He was, he was a player? player. Okay. 93. That would, he, have been, okay. that would have been for those, the the Gary Barnett teams, would it not, Sean? Yes. Right. Yes. So I think what they're, the, whatever team would take him on doesn't oh, want no, no, to have. That was still Bill McCartney. That was still Bill McCartney. Was it still Bill McCartney? Okay. Yeah, towards the end of Bill McCartney, 93 <laughs> was still right about the end of Bill McCartney. Okay, what the, what the issue is, there'd be a firestorm at the beginning. Maybe he could work through it. Maybe he's glib enough and, and all that, you know, to get through it. But I think that's the issue. That's why he keeps coming up for interviews, and they weigh it, and they say, well, you know, we, we, this is going to come out. I mean, it's, it, it's there. It, everybody, it's on yeah. Wikipedia. So the point is people what know he, about it, but they don't know about it until he comes to your what town. What he did, he groped, he groped a girl. He touched her inappropriately, and then he took a leak. When he was drunk and, and exposed himself while he was peeing. Okay, so and uh, so the, the their thought on the, the panel on the sports hub on Friday was that Houston really needs if if they're going to get Deshaun Watson to stay, that they really need a black coach, maybe somebody like Leslie Frazier who's got experience and and maybe and at he's this someone point, they are talking to. Right, so somebody that maybe uh, they could talk uh, Watson into you know giving um, giving a chance, uh, and then. The other thing they were making fun of was, uh, what's his name, Dan Campbell, the uh, guy from the Lions. He, yes. yes. I told you last week. Yeah. yeah. He's going to bite off people's kneecaps. He's going to yeah. rebuild Detroit. All kinds. They played all kinds of sound by this guy. Something. Like and he that. wanted to be. And he wanted to be. And he, he tried to pretend that he was Matt Campbell, the Iowa State coach. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, Matt Matthew Stafford, as a result of his performance at the press conference, has, has to be traded. 
Well, you know, the thing is... And, and the, Ly- and the Lions have said they will trade him. Now, yeah. that ought to take care of knocking them from six or seven wins to two or three. Because <laughs> Matt Stafford is it the one... Actually, the Lions, he wasn't going to fit into their system. And like I said, the Lions, look who they've wasted away. They wasted Barry Sanders' talent. Now they wasted... I mean, Matt, Matt Stafford is not Barry Sanders. But in the right system... He, oh, yeah. He's a good quarterback. Oh, right. he's better than Calvin average quarterback. Too. Calvin Johnson, too. Right. And he's, yeah, he's younger than the third one. He's younger but, than, at least I thought. He's not He's not even going to be 33 until Super Bowl day. That is correct. Okay. And, so, if any, and if anybody trades for him, he's got two years and $43 million left on his deal. So two teams, The thing that I was thinking of with, with him is he has kept them respectable. We had uh, Dick Raddatz here, for example. They would have lost 100 games about three years in a row if it wasn't for Dick Raddatz. Dick Raddatz used to come in, and you know, then when he finally got crummy in 65, that's when the Red Sox did finally lose 100 games. But instead, they'd maybe uh, lose 82, 85 yeah. games. You know, uh, Fran, and I was thinking about this too, Fran Tarkenden kept the Giants. You know, they'd win, what, six to eight games, Rick, nine yeah. games, games. instead, And Tarkenden would personally win them three or four games a year, yeah. you know, just by driving them down at the end of the game and win the game. So Matt Stafford has done this for the Lions, so they're going to be really bad once he goes. And, 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 some, and somebody's going to get a good quarterback. Houston. Yeah. Well, but Matt, Matt Stafford, I can see two teams, he could go in and be really effective immediately. I could see Indianapolis yes. and New England. Well, yeah, I've been doing a, well more the Colts than the Patriots. The Patriots uh, have to get some players for him to throw to. Uh, yeah. They don't have that right now. So I think the Colts would – that would be the ideal place for him to go, would be the Colts. Hold on, Robert wanted to get in. Go ahead, Robert. Yeah. Uh, apparently, from what I'm hearing, uh, the Colts are the number one team to get him because they, have the, sal- they have the salary cap room to take on his contract. Yeah, well, because Rivers – That's what Adam Schefter saying. Yeah, that's what Adam said. And go ahead, Rick. Yeah, another team I just heard about today, which kind of makes a lot of sense to me, is is uh, Washington. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So uh, that that's a possibility too. But no, I think the Lions—they're going to start winning two and three. And this guy is a strange dude. So this coach they've got. So yeah. I don't know why they hired him. But anyway. no. I'm guessing maybe they, Chris, maybe they wanted to hire Matt Campbell and then they got Dan instead. Because because I mean it it has been rumored at Iowa State that Matt Campbell has had offers and he he's happy in Ames. So right. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, he's got built that program up pretty good the last year or so. Oh, oh okay, yeah. They're, so. they're probably the best they've ever been in Ames. Yeah. yeah. So the Super Bowl, there will be fans at the Super Bowl, only 22,500, but there are going to be fans. 7,500 of them will be uh, vaccinated health care workers, from, and particularly from the Tampa Bay, who, uh, which they won't have to fly in, <laughs> the Tampa Bay area and the Kansas City area. So that'll yes. be good. So that, that's cool that they're going to do that. And, and, and uh, they're, they're, the tickets, I guess, from what they were saying the other day, will be evenly divided. So there really won't – it won't be necessarily a big home field advantage. It will because the Buccaneers play there, but the tickets will be evenly divided between the two teams. Right. Right. Okay. And then you have so, all the corporate people. That get the then I have a question uh, for you guys. Oh, oh, go ahead, Bill. Go ahead, Bill. The question I'm, I'm – and people have said this, and I've never thought it was true till this year. But you talk about quarterbacks, and we talked about Matt Stafford, but Tom Brady, I mean, you know, I'm not the biggest New England fan, but year after year after year, and he's taken a 
Tampa Bay team, which is an average to a good team, and taking them to the Super Bowl. Is there something to yep. this Tom Brady thing? What? Yeah, yes, there is. Absolutely. Yeah. There is. There is. The thing there about is. what Tom Brady did, even, even yeah, and you'll re- relate to this, Bill, with the Colts, when, when you guys had Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne and, uh, you know, uh, what, who was the running back? Fox. Yeah. And, you know, all these different people. The Patriots didn't have those kind of – they had some decent players, but they never had those kind of weapons. And, and, and no. of course, they had a decent defense, but Tom Brady would beat Peyton Manning all the time that way, now, you know, with Tampa, less ammunition, you know? In Tampa, a, he, had like, he had Mike Evans, which is very good, and, and then bringing in Antonio Brown as a third receiver. He got Gronk to come in there, Leonard Fournette. So, yeah. in fairness, with Tampa Bay, he had better players, but I think – and so that helped the 43-year-old Tom Brady, where maybe a 35-year-old Tom Brady going into Tampa, he could do it with less talent. But he, but it's still the fact that a 43-year-old with that talent, Mike Evans got somebody. Mike Evans is one of the best receivers out there. Finally, got somebody that can throw him the ball. Right. We will no, get, we'll get, we'll, we'll get more into this. We we'll get more yeah. into this, you guys, later on. But uh, baseball note that just crossed a second ago. No Hall of Famers this year, but we'll get more into that later. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Rick. Okay. Go ahead, Rick. I was just going to say, it's, well, Brady, it's more of a winning attitude that he transfers to the rest of that team, because he, or whatever team he's on. Because he, there are some stats you can read. I just heard from Tom Brady, which are ridiculous. He's, you know, in, in playoff games where he's thrown three interceptions, he's three and one. Hmm. But but the rest of all the quarterbacks combined <laughs> forever in football the, uh, that have thrown three interceptions in a playoff game, their combined record is 17 and 149. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And he won three three, well, three games on the road. He did it. All three. And yeah. he Although this year, this year the road wasn't quite as bad as no, now because no, he right. didn't have the fans. No. And he now, he now has more Super Bowl appearances than Philip Rivers has kids. This will be his tenth Super Bowl. So I guess uh, this leads us to Mahomes is. Yeah, Mahomes has, has played 46 regular season games in his career. Brady's about to play his 45th playoff game. Yeah. Wow. I so suppose we since, we're, since we're talking about uh, Brady and uh, the games, and we'll get, Dick, I see your hand. We'll get to you just as soon as we get through the games here real quick. Um, we will give you the scores from this week. Buccaneers 31, Packers 26. I suspect this game will get a whole lot more discussion than the other yeah. one. And, yes, um, yeah. possibly because the Packers on three Brady picks in the third and the fourth quarter and three picks on three possessions, they only were able to get seven points out of that. So I mean, even, even when you look at the, you know, the fourth and goal, they kicked the field goal and stuff like that three to get only seven points out of three turnovers. That's a bigger story. I think than that. Yeah. Yeah, Well, they, they were talking this week around here about who has more pressure on them. Who's, who's it going to hurt more if they lose, you know, the different games and stuff. And, and, you know, Josh Allen's kind of was playing with house money and Mahomes, you know, he wants to get a dynasty going and, you know, he might need it a bit more. But they were saying Aaron Rodgers. I mean, now you're starting to get a little thing about him because he's, he's, you know, finally got a home game, uh, you know, on a day that, that, you know, got a Florida team up, up there. They just couldn't get it done. He, he had a man, had a big comeback, 28 to 10, made it 28, 23. But then there was uh, on, on the Packers uh, broadcast, I was listening. It was in that third down play, third and goal from like the eight. They were saying Rodgers could have run it in. And yeah. he could have, do it. And, well, and I was well, listening was on Westwood One, and Kurt Warner said the, said the same thing. He said, why didn't he just take off and run it in? He'd have made it without being touched. 
Oh, no. And, you know, and even getting to that, it, all right, it was 28-23. They could have kicked the extra point. They went for two. That's right. Trying to make it 28-25. They that, so even there, it could have got it to 24. Well, it's that 50-50 thing. It, Rick we know, we know these cards. You know, when the card says you know, go for cards. two, you, yeah. can't, you can't not do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Whatever. But, no, that's right. I mean, it was it was 28-24, and then they would have had to go for the – the touchdown on that fourth down, uh, probably, you know, anyway. So, uh, because getting the field goal, they might have still kicked the field goal. I don't know. But you know, and there's, but shot, there were two ways to look at it. And here are the two. These are, these are the two that I've heard. If you, you know, you, you could put the ball in Rodgers' hand, it's fourth and goal from the eight. He's going to, you know, let's see what he can do. That's one way to look at it. Now, Brett Favre, of course, has a show on Sirius XM, and he said, he thought the move was correct to kick the field goal because he said you have all three of your timeouts, and if your defense could have gotten a stop at all, you're going to get the ball back, and you only have to score the touchdown and kick the extra point to win. What did you guys think of the call? Now, there was an interesting discussion on FAN yesterday about the call at the end, that pass interference that gave them that first down. Uh, I thought it was flimsy. It was flimsy. It was flimsy. Oh, I I didn't think so. I thought it was a good call. The only problem is I thought there were just – there were three or four just as blatant calls early in the game that weren't made. That's what they oh, were. Right. They, they were really letting them play. You know, up until they were. Play, yeah. And all of a sudden, and that's usually when they start to let them play more at the end. The other thing, too, was they said, yeah, it was a legitimate um, pass interference, but the guy did a, a, an NBA flop, too. Yeah. You know, that it really that, wasn't as great it looked a lot why, worse. That's why I said the call was flimsy, because earlier in the game, you had obvious things that weren't called. So. Oh, you had, you, had, you had a couple battles downfield that were brutal, yeah. and nothing right. was called. Yeah. And, of, right. and, of course, and of so, course, Chris, the referee, Cleet Blakeman, isn't he one of your guys' favorite referees up there? Oh, I don't even remember yeah. who we don't like anymore. I, <laughs> I just know I just know Zolak doesn't like anybody. And that's I know. Well, he's had a lot know. over the past number of years. He's had a lot of Patriot games when they've been on Monday night. He's he's had plenty of calls to look back oh, on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I wouldn't okay. kick the field goal because I know one of the reasons is either way you're going to need a touchdown after that, whether That's you correct. kick the field goal or, what, or whether you don't make it. And if you don't make it, they're back at the eight-yard line. Right. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, we had our other game, and it was uh, kind of, I don't know, it didn't live up to it for me. I, I, maybe I was tired or whatever. I mean, Buffalo got out to a, a quick 9 nothing lead, mixed, missed an extra point, however, but 9 nothing as, as it was. But then Kansas City just methodically uh, took them apart and won at 38-24. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, the game, and I didn't even think the game was quite 38-24. The Chiefs, no, no, it wasn't you, that close at all. The, the no. Chiefs, once they took the lead, you just knew they were going to go on and win it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's kind of why I dozed off, I guess. But, yeah. you know, it, it was a good year for Buffalo. You know, they're the team that now, the, and they were even saying on their broadcast when it got over, you know, hey, look at Kansas City two years ago. They got in, and actually it was longer than that. They had two or three things in the playoffs that they had lost to Pittsburgh and other times. But they said got in there against the Patriots, lost that game, but they were ready last year. And so they're kind of setting their sights on next year and thinking, you know, with Allen and, uh, you know, pick up some other people around them and so forth. Uh, the, of the four playoff teams, they probably did have the best defense going in. So, yeah. you know, it's about, uh, you know, that isn't how you win games in the NFL anymore. So anyway, no. there was um, a, we do have a couple of hands, and uh, I'll, I'll let Rick go ahead. And then, uh, Dick, if you want to unmute star uh, six, six, and we'll get to you right after Rick. Okay. So go ahead, Rick. There, was the, there was one interesting play in that game that ended up being kind of embarrassing for the league. But uh, Within the last two minutes of the first half, there was a play where Allen rolled out, and he threw the ball away, and they said he had, he had um, stepped out of bounds before he threw it. And then 
the league came down and told the referees to review it because it's the last two minutes. It's on the coach. It's yeah. on the coachable review. And they end up saying that he didn't step out of bounds and they moved it back to the four yard line from the nine. But then the league had to come out afterwards. Now, this is Al Riveron who directed the review, told them they had to do it. The league come out later and said that was not a reviewable play. Oops. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh boy. I don't know. Let us okay. go to Dick. How are you Dick. doing, Dick? Hello, boys. Hey. Uh, oh, hey. I have several things to talk to you guys about. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> we're in trouble now. Oh, first of all, <laughs> Roger LeClaire, he's a kicker for the Bears in the 70s, yeah. and he missed a lot of field goals. He so did. Go- I've got that statistic here. He kicked 50% field goals. He was very good on extra points. I He was there for so long, I thought he was a better field goal kicker than yeah, that. Was, was, but, you know, back then the kicking was, is, wasn't what it is now. You know, I, I remember watching a, a replay of the um, one of the Steelers' early Super Bowls, and they were talking about Roy Girola in the season he had, and they were saying what a great year he had, and he was something like 15 for 24 in field goals or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about the joke we had in Chicago about Roger LeClaire. The joke was he tried to commit suicide, but he was off to the left. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> All right. Hey, Pam, if you so, want to can... unmute while Dick is talking, then we'll get to you after Dick is finished. Go ahead, Dick. Yeah, considering the, the the call and that pass interference, um, even Wayne Lerby said that it was valid. So uh, there you go. Yeah. And I certainly didn't shed any tears about the Packers losing. I was glad. Um, <laughs> and, and last thing, you talk about some players who, who never won anything. And we're yeah. big players. I got three. Okay. Uh, you, you, okay. You count people who went to a Super Bowl and didn't win or no? No. Yeah. Never well, won a championship. Yeah. No. I guess okay. this is what. I, and, well, go, and, and, go, but go. more so, but Sean did say, or didn't even get to play in a Super Bowl. You know, or well, either way, because and we're way. doing that like later in the poll question. But if, you, if you're if you all football related, you can give it now. But we're going to yeah. talk about okay. all sports and football. Yeah, okay. We'll yeah. you football. Gail Sayers. Right. Dick yep. Butkus. Yep. Other yep. two. Um, Dan Marino. Yep. yep. Uh, there's three. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Jim Kelly. He went to Super Bowls with never won. That's right. And uh, Frank Tar- Fran Tarkington. Yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are good uh, ones. Those are all good people to mention. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and Bill, right. we're envious here. We got about six, seven inches of snow on the ground here. Oh, we're okay. we're ahead. Of, we're ahead of you, Dick. We had over a foot down here in in the Keep central it. part of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Keep it. <laughs> Well, thank you guys. Take care. <laughs> okay. Pam, Thanks, uh, welcome Dick. aboard. Hey, good evening, everybody. Hello. Um, I just have a question. I have heard, at least locally, uh, there have been some some that have said that the NFL has, has they wanted the Mahomes Brady matchup. Therefore, they did. Oh, you're always going to hear that. Um, yeah. The NFL. Is I think they're. Ha- I think they're happy with it, but I think they'd have been yeah. okay with Mahomes and Rodgers too. Yeah. I don't think they could have lost in this. These two. Games. No. no. And so well, I guess I mean, what, they- I'm, what I'm getting at is I'm just wondering if 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 any of you think that that any of this was staged to the no. point that. No. You know, and the other thing, too, it's going to be interesting, and I don't know, people that know more about it than I do would have to figure this out, but we're going to have all this legalized betting, and even even we here in Massachusetts may actually get it sometime, (laughs) and if that's the case, is that going to make it more likely or less likely uh, that somebody would uh, throw in the fix? I would think it would make it less likely, my my thought, because it's just so prevalent. You know, you can bet, as long as I guess they're going to have it so you don't bet on your own sport, but, uh, you know, other than that, but you certainly know people who can, so... uh, 
I don't know. It's 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 really it's so prevalent and stuff. But I really <clears throat> don't think that there's anything in in that uh, <clears throat> situation. Uh, people have in with Brady and Belichick were getting bored. That was not what the NFL really would have liked. They would have liked a few times where it got broken up a little bit more than it did. So I don't I don't know. Yeah. Do we have any more football notes? Uh, no. I do not. Okay, well then I tell you what let's do. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get to some baseball. Robert, you're yep. not going to be a happy man because something else just came across. <laughs> oh we'll my talk God. about that I, after I, the break. I lost another one. Yep, we'll talk about it after the break. <laughs> okay. People been saying to your friend, get a different face. And posting on their feed, they're super ugly. The things they say to them online are cruel and they're not true. So tell your friend, I'll stand up for you. being bullied online you can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool and by letting your friend know you care learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org brought to you by the ad council keyboard cat hamilton the pug and toast meets world these are some of the internet's most beloved pets and they all have one thing in common their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. (laughs) Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. We're back from the break, and let's get to all these baseball signings. Chris, I'll give you my two, and then you I know you have the rest of them. Yeah. Uh, the one that Robert is not going to like that just came across in the last five minutes, Marcus Simeon has agreed oh. to a one-year $18 million deal with the Blue Jays. Wow. And then earlier this afternoon, JT Realmuto, five years and $115 million with the Phillies. Yeah, and they were worried. I think the Phillies fans, uh, the, from what I was getting, were, were worried that he was not going to stay there or whatever. So that's that's uh, good news for them, I guess. So we had Jose Quintana, a pitcher from the White Sox, uh, signed with the, and the Angels. And the Cubs. And the Cubs. And, and the, the Cubs. Cubs, too. Yeah, that's right. And uh, he signed with the Angels. And uh, Angels don't usually sign people. So that was kind of a, a novel thing to do. And with Toronto, what is going on up there? Uh, George Springer, uh, six years uh, for Toronto uh, for $150 million. And it was kind of surprising. He only got, um, what was it, going to be $125 million from the Mets they bid. And people thought that they would have the inside track because they were from uh, Kansas City. 
Uh, I mean, he's from uh, Connecticut. I'm, I'm yeah. thinking of something else. Can't, uh, Connecticut. And, you know, here he ended up uh, going to Toronto and they're going to play this year in Dunedin, apparently. So it's going to be yeah. kind of at least, They're at least going to start. It sounds like that's not official, but at least sounds like they're going to start in Dunedin. So hopefully maybe they can figure out something else yeah. by the time the rainy season comes in. Now, I would I would be curious as to why the Blue Jays signed Simeon when all those young players that were coming up from the minors uh, are all infielders, aren't they, uh, Perry? The, the, yeah, the, but yeah, but they can. Uh, apparently, they're thinking they can move them around and make everybody happy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Wade Davis, one year for uh, one point two five million with Kansas City. Now, well, he that's I, a good I lost track Chris. That is a good under the radar signing because if he puts up numbers in the first half of the season, they could probably mm-hmm. trade him and get something for him. He didn't perform well with the Rockies last year, but if he if he does well, you might be able to turn him into a prospect or two. And and remember before he went to Colorado, he was with Kansas City. I know, and, that's and, what and I was he was and he was with the Cubs. Yeah, and he was with the Cubs in 16. Yeah. Right. So Okay, Michael Brantley stayed with Houston for two years for $32 million, uh, so that people thought he might be going somewhere. Uh, Jay Happ, and it's just the letter J. We had a, a major Jay Happ controversy during the week, but it's just the letter J, and, uh, you know, we've the pronunciation of his name, but it's Jay Happ, and he just likes to be called Jay, and I think his name is really John, but it's one year with Minnesota. I didn't get a price on him, but uh, that's uh, good I think for it's the about twins. $10 million. Uh, Okay, and then... Uh, this was uh, we were just talking about the Hall of Fame and nobody got in and there was a bit of a controversy because apparently Kurt Schilling supported or supports the insurrection or whatever he's supporting uh, Trump unabashedly and so forth. Yeah, he's so, a staunch Trump supporter. Yes, yeah. and and so the some of the NFL uh, voters were trying to get their votes changed and I don't you know if MLB they, MLB they voters MLB MLB what you said MLB, NFL, NFL. It was MLB oh, voters. Oh, yeah MLB uh, voters and Hall of Fame voters trying to get their votes changed and it, this brings me back to the question of and it especially comes up in baseball all the time I mean I as far as I know OJ Simpson is still in uh, all the Hall, Hall of Fames that yes, he's ever he been in yeah. So, and I think he was going to stay whether he was convicted of murder or not. So the, the question I have is, what is it about baseball? I mean, for me, I think Schilling's a Hall of Famer. I don't agree me with too. him politically at all. He, he, yeah. you know, he was a fun person to listen to on the air, debating his things. I think he's gotten in, off in the left field somewhere, but still, I, he he did well in in baseball, and that's what there's they should a lot be going of, on. And and Chris, you take you know, th- there's a lot of guys. And, and for the, I mean, we don't we don't want to go too off course, but Chris and I, of course, would be on different sides of the political aisle. But there are a lot of people that I may not agree with politically. If I think they're a Hall of Famer, I'm going to vote for them for the Hall of Fame, whether I agree with them or not. I like Chris Russo said today, I'm not the morality police. Right. I mean, Ty, well, Cobb, Ty Cobb was an out, out I mean, racist. He was in the Hall of Fame. Yes. He was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. I mean, for the record, I still think Pete Rose is a Hall of Famer, too. And I don't agree. Yeah, I, I, I think he did some wrong things, but he is, well, by, based upon his numbers, he is a Hall of Famer. I, had trouble, I have trouble with Pete Rose because he sinned against, did something that's against the rules of baseball. Yeah. You know, you can have a political opinion and, and you can, uh, you know, be, you know, whatever. We can agree or disagree with the political right. opinion you may have. But when, you, when you're told from day one you don't bet on baseball and he did that, I think that's within 
the game, he committed a, a major sin. And I, I think another thing they can do with some of these people, and there's sort of a middle ground to do this, is to just say they're not eligible until they die, so that they cannot profit from getting into the Hall of Fame. Now, if now you another feel that thing, strongly. another thing that Russo mentioned today on uh, his show on MLB Network is he would have no problem voting for Schilling because he said what Schilling does politically is off the field and away from baseball. He said, but he said Bonds and Clemens he would never vote for because what they did was not off the field and was not away from baseball. It was an on the field situation. Same thing well, I, well, I don't know if people in Rhode Island would vote for Kurt Schilling because didn't, no. <laughs> didn't, didn't he take them for like $75 yes, million dollars or yeah. something yes, like that? Yes, he did. Yeah. That was not good. Rick, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, like you were saying, Chris, like, what is it with baseball and these photos? I've even heard talk shows in the past, and I don't remember who they were talking about, but when they'd bring up a certain player and say, and why isn't he in the Hall of Fame yet? And some people would say, well, one reason is he, he wasn't very good with the reporters. Uh, Rick Rick Jeff Ken is a good example out of that. Jeff Ken is probably not getting a lot of support because the writers don't like him because he wasn't very good. Bill, were you trying to get in? Just going to say that just uh, came across the wire. Kirk Schilling just said he was wanting to be withdrawn from the last year of eligibility to be voted in by the reporters. He wanted no, no part of it, just wanted the Veterans Committee to put him in. He wanted no part well, of this. That- and there were 14 blank ballots. Um, See, I don't like I, I don't like blank ballots. If you can't come up with anybody, I mean, yeah, maybe you yeah. shouldn't be a Hall of That's Fame true. voter. Well, and, yeah. and remember, as I covered earlier in the week, uh, I don't think these writers should be forced to judge a Hall of Famer in baseball on character issues. They actually have that clause in their voting material. Yeah. And I don't think baseball writers, their, their responsibility is to cover the game on a daily basis. They're, they're, not, they're not the baseball police. They don't follow people around and see what they do. That is an unfair thing to ask a baseball writer to do to uh, be judge, jury, and executioner when it comes to the Hall of Fame. Right. Okay, then we go on, and we have Austin Romine, uh, one year for the Cubs for $1.5 million, the catcher. And uh, that could be the, ca- the that could be the catcher, Pierre, if we trade Wilson Contreras. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Jason Castro also signed uh, with Houston. He's a catcher as well, yeah. one year. Mm-hmm. And then Kiki Hernandez signed with the Red Sox. Hernandez. He was signed with the Red Sox, and he he's getting two years for fourteen million. And he's, I guess, a, you know, a jack of all trades. He plays infield, plays outfield. So I guess first, first, third, outfield, yeah. whatever. So right. we'll see how he does. Uh, he was with the Dodgers before. Garrett Richards signed with the Red Sox. He hasn't pitched a whole lot. He'd been with the Angels and with San Diego. He had a major injury. I forget exactly what the injury was when he was here about four or five years ago. And he was out for quite a long time. And he had started off with quite a uh, you know resume at the beginning of his career. But we'll see yeah. how that works out. Uh, let's see. And that was one year for $10 million for him. And then uh, the uh, Yankees are got Jamison Tyon from Pittsburgh for two uh, – well, It ended up prospects, being four prospects. Four, four prospects. prospects. The yep. 15th prospect, uh, the number 15, 19, 21, and one guy was not rated. That's okay. True. So that that's good. And, and they apparently uh, – 
you know, he's coming off Tommy John surgery. Is that right? Or is he? Uh, yeah, no, that's his, uh, yes, he is coming off Tommy John surgery. His second okay. Tommy John surgery, from what I understand. Okay. Yes. Brad Hand is signed one year for $10.5 million uh, with Washington. And they could have uh, had him for 10 if they'd have claimed him off waivers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> then, hey, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? Uh, let's see. MLB uh, targeting for expansion, Charlotte, Portland, Montreal, and Las Vegas. So, and, you know, we'll yeah, I also heard Nashville is a city that they, well, uh, those are, the, Nashville apparently is not in the top. Those are the top four teams. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and one other player. Hold, hold on, Bill. Go, go, go ahead, Bill. Oh, just one other quick player. Freddie Galvis, who you played for the Reds last year, oh, yeah. is now signed with Baltimore for $1.5 oh, million okay. a one-year contract. So okay. he's that back is, you know, Speaking of Baltimore, that is a mess in Baltimore. They, they have two players, if you believe what uh, they were saying on the front office on Sunday, Bowden and Duquette. Anthony... Mm-hmm. I believe you pronounce it Santander. Santander, yeah. yes. Santander, and um, yeah. and uh, I forget the other guy, but he, it's the guy that had the cancer last year. Trey Mancini. Oh, Trey Mancini. Oh, Trey Mancini. These okay. guys are arbitration eligible players, and what they want them to do is agree to a deal. They can pay them some of it now and defer it for years down the road. Is what oh, the Orioles want them that. to do, they're and then also uh, Gary Thorne and Rick Dempsey have been let go by the Orioles in a cost-cutting move. Yeah. Oh, what a mess! Yeah. Um, getting back to this, getting back to this expansion real quick. We'll talk about that. Sorry, but yeah. one reason you may say why they're going to expand it's in it's like their stimulus check. They pay. That's right. And yeah. also question Las Vegas, not because Las Vegas wouldn't be, but. They're already talking. The NBA is looking at Las Vegas, too. Is Las Vegas going to be able to support three or four pro teams? Because they're the 40, they're the 40-something market. I don't think, I mean, one or two, but if you get all four. Sean, I think they eventually will because uh, a lot of people are moving westward. And I, I think eventually, yeah. I think eventually Las Vegas will move up in the rankings as far as I, media goes. I always question I always question a team in the 30s or in the 40s in that market size with all four or even some with three. And I'm surprised that the San Antonio-Austin area, although I think you may be looking at something else, what I hear Nolan Ryan and his son could be in the works with uh, something, maybe not even an expansion team is what I've heard. Well, uh, my my problem with the whole expansion thing, you you can't really – and now this is just me. I'm not working for baseball, but this is just one man's opinion. But you can't really expand until you settle the Tampa Bay and Oakland situation. That's well, right. typically, Robert, I would agree with you. However, with well, all the lost revenue, that's how their yep. expansion is. How they're going to make some of that up. That's the that's the reason they're wanting to do it pretty soon. And you know, also with expansion. Remember, some a lot of minor league teams got lost. That would at least put because they're going to go to thirty-two. So that would at least bring eight minor league cities. Correct. Plus, wherever if they went to Charlotte and Las Vegas, their teams would have to move, or yep. uh, right. you know their teams would have to move. Another thing that came across yesterday, and I don't think we covered this a lot, but the players' association rejected the owners' proposal for expanded playoffs and the universal DH. And uh, the Cactus League submitted a letter to Major League Baseball requesting a delay because of high COVID numbers in 
Maricopa County. Now, as it Phoenix now area. later, as we now le- later have learned, somebody has leaked it that MLB asked them to submit this letter to MLB <laughs> because M- the owners want to delay the season because they think you know we'll be able to get more fans as time goes on. And right. as far as the other two issues go, the players' association wants to deal with each issue separately, whereas the owners yeah. want to deal with them as one issue. Okay. Yeah. And then we have Adam Adovino to the Red Sox from the Yankees for uh, for salary uh, relief for the Yankees. And uh, so I think uh, they're going to save, it says, $9 million this year by doing that. And, uh, you know, he's a kid, went to Northeastern. Uh, he had a good year a couple of years ago, not so much last year. But, you know, there's potential for the Red Sox. The, the thing is, the Red Sox and Yankees haven't dealt with each other since 2014. I'm surprised it was that close. The only one I really remember is Bob Tillman to the Yankees for Elston Howard. You know, I believe the one in 2014 often. had uh, Kelly Johnson and some other players involved in it. Okay. And, of okay. course, the, getting... the, the most famous Yankee Red Sox transaction well, was Babe Ruth. <laughs> yeah. Babe Ruth. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Are you forgetting Sparky Lyle and Danny Cater? Sparky Lyle and Danny Cater. Oh, yes, 1972. That was not yeah. good. didn't work out at all. And uh, so I think uh, – oh, and then we had one more signing, and I have it over here. And what is it? Cleveland signed uh, Cesar Hernandez. Uh, Hernandez, you know, as an infielder, he, he is coming back to the Indians. So I think that I don't think the, the I don't think though the Indian no. fans will tell you that that makes up at all for losing Francisco Lindor. No, no, it no. does not. I don't think so. I just I just heard this afternoon that the Mets may be about ready to make a big offer to Trevor Bauer. They, That's they what have I have heard. And apparently, um, as we know, Trevor Bauer, he's one of these guys. He kind of beats to his own drum, if you will. Yes, uh-huh. and he's had. Not, I don't think they have been sexual in nature like the Jared Porter situation, but he's had some problems with dealing with people on social media in a little bit of a coarse manner. And uh, of course, the Mets said dealing stuff like that would not be tolerated. But right. it sounds like if you're going to help them win, they may tolerate it a little bit more yeah, than if you're the right. GM. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, any more baseball stuff? I think no, that's I it. Think that's okay. it for this Bill, week. Bill, you always Bill, you always ask me about baseball. Did that give you a good baseball fill for this week? That did. That okay. did. Okay. And you guys have record number of listeners because of it. So that's oh, all I'm going to say. Let's see what the NBA does to our listeners. Okay, <laughs> yeah. here, here we go. Now uh, I've got the standings here, and uh, it's kind of cool. But once you get the one standings, it was a little harder last week to to plug them in. But you, once you know where teams are, but it's still not easy because they're very close to each other. So you could drop from sixth to the eleventh by losing a couple of games or something. Yep. In the East, Philadelphia is at twelve and six. Celtics are at ten and six. Milwaukee's third at ten and six, according to Miss A. Indiana's ten and seven in fourth place. Brooklyn eleven and eight in fifth place. Atlanta eight and eight sixth place. Cleveland eight and nine in seventh place. And the Knicks are, would be uh, in the eighth spot at eight and ten. Orlando eight and ten in ninth. Toronto seven and ten in tenth. They're starting to play a little bit better. And this is now. I don't know if we talked about this in here. We may or may not have. It could have been Friday night we talked about it. Sean, you were saying there's going to be a uh, a play-in tournament for uh, spots seven through ten because of the short um, In both conferences, that's right. In both right. conferences, yeah. Yeah. So seven would play. T- I guess every around robin is what they'll yeah. do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. the NHL did last summer for the one through four spots. Right. Uh, Ch- yeah. Chicago's eleventh at seven and ten. Charlotte twelve seven and ten. Miami six and ten. The Heat just aren't getting it done this year. 
Washington three and nine. The, <laughs> look at everybody uh, else played 16, 18 games, and the Wizards have played uh, 12. Well, they've they've had a lots of COVID issues, and I feel sorry for them because I feel sorry for the NBA in general because more and more games get canceled on a daily basis. It's going to be hard to to follow or not cancel, postpone on a daily basis. It's going to be right. hard to follow the schedule. You know. Yeah, well, yeah, but they have a week to make it up. In the fourth through the tenth, there's a pause. They don't. But sit they, that yeah. they, the they do. They, they have do room in the back. They do, yeah. Sean. But then I heard today they're still thinking about putting in an all-star game for that week. Yes, in Atlanta. Four. In Atlanta, yes. And number fifteen, in last place, Detroit, four and uh, thirteen. In the West, the Lakers at fourteen and four. They're having a good year, that's for sure. Clippers uh-huh. at thirteen and four, right behind them. Utah, yep. twelve and four. So yep. even in the in the all important loss column, Denver at ten and seven, Portland at nine and seven and fifth, Memphis seven and six in sixth place, Phoenix eight and seven and seventh, Golden State nine and eight in eighth place, San Antonio nine and eight and nine, Dallas eight and nine and tenth. So those would be the teams qualifying right now, but right, course, yeah. everything's going to change. Oklahoma City is seven and nine uh, in eleventh, Houston six and nine. Uh, Sacramento six and ten, New Orleans five and ten, and Minnesota four and twelve. And one so, of the teams, Chris, that you feel bad for is a team like Memphis. They, I don't believe they have, if any at all, they have a very minor amount of positive tests. But because of the contact tracing, they've had quite a few games yep. postponed just yeah. for that reason. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, the there was, I don't know. If, I don't know. Have they said anything, Rick, about the Celtics? Because the Celtics of course, are out of the protocols now. But last week, they lost a game in Chicago because they were in the protocols and didn't have enough people. But now they San Antonio had to postpone. Is San Antonio going to be able to play tomorrow, and are they going to be able to go there I didn't, play? Last I heard today, they were saying they, they it was up in the air, and Brad Stevens wanted to you know get a definite answer before he made the team fly out there. Yes, because right. they could play in Chicago, because Memphis is, post, is supposedly postponed already tomorrow. Yes, Chicago they was going to play, so the Celtics could stay there and play the game you know, like baseball did. Stay there yeah, and play true. the game that they uh, made up, you know, that's what Sean Grandy was saying last night. That would make yeah. sense to yeah. get that game out of the way. But uh, who knows what they're going to do. <clears throat> one of the things that uh, Sean pointed out today, Kobe Bryant's one-year anniversary, it seems like it's five years ago that that happened. And remember, yeah. we were doing a show last year. We at this. That's correct. Yeah, we, we, were, we were on the air. Yeah. Sunday night. Yep. It, it was a non-football week that year. It was for the Pro Bowl, Bowl, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Like I said, no. And by the way, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of which, I know nobody cares about the Pro Bowl, but there are they are going to do kind of a, a an awards Madden. thing, and they're going to yeah. identify all the Pro Bowlers and all this week on ABC, ESPN. And so, they're going to play yeah. Madden. They're going to play yeah. against so each other you, Madden. NFL so if you enjoy that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. And so Kobe Bryant. So uh, that's that's something. And they, yeah. I think there's still litigation going on about yes, that. There yes, is. there is. Yeah, there is. Um, Actually, know, uh, they said the National Transportation Board is going to hold a, uh, a press conference on February 9th to, to come up with what okay. actually happened. I, I know and Vanessa. You know, I know Vanessa Bryant and her family have won cases against the uh, L.A. Sheriff's Department and things like that, but there's other cases still pending. So and you the know, game's we tonight. We thought, we thought okay. that was right. going to be the big tragedy, the big story <laughs> yeah. of the year. Of the year, yeah. From That's Kobe right. to COVID. Yeah. It doesn't even sound yeah. like the same year, you know, no. when you think back on it. Okay, the games uh, tonight, and as I said, I got my NBA schedule, so I think what I'm going to do next week, uh, I will start and read a few days in, uh, like we do in for football, just because it's hard to get the schedules. People just don't know what's going on, and it's all subject to change. So you know, just, I could read you anything, yep. any number of things. Like I think I got one here that 
is probably postponed, but I'll read it to you, and then we'll see what happens. We have the Clippers at Atlanta, 7.30 p.m. Washington, they're not playing, are they? At Houston (laughs) at 8 p.m. Washington going to play a game tonight? I don't know. Okay, well, they probably don't either. So, anyway, they usually don't. Knicks at Utah, 9 p.m. So, those are the three games uh, for your Tuesday night for the NBA, if you want to do some basketball this evening. And hockey's got 14 tonight, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, okay. All right. So, college. Okay, so, Sean, you got uh, the information about what, how the – well, oh, wait, there might be uh, – oh, I, oh, I've got another, a little more NBA. I'm sorry. Uh, Kevin Porter went from Cleveland to Houston for uh, a protected second-round draft pick. And Steph Curry passed uh, Reggie Miller for third place in, in – uh, for second, second place, place in all-time in three-pointers. Yeah. He, at that time, after Saturday night at 2,562, and he's second to Ray Allen, who, who was 411 ahead of him. So we'll right. see how long it takes for him to uh, to pass him. They, they say because of the shortened season this year, probably early next year when he passes right. Allen. Right. Did you hear, okay. hear about that video that Steph Curry put out or the team put out where he was shooting threes in practice? And he went on for over five minutes, something like yeah. over, well over 103 pointers. Yeah, without it, was missing. A, it was 105 yeah. in a row, Rick. Yeah. Wow. Do they still have that contest at the All Star game? I'm sure they yes, do. They, yes, they do. Yeah. And he, yeah, he's already won it a few times. Yeah. Okay. So um, we've well, got let me the. Get uh, a couple other, let me get a couple okay. other college things out of the way. First of all, Villanova okay. finally returned to the court uh, <laughs> yes. after a month. <laughs> Yeah, and they won. They returned. They had all kinds of COVID issues. But yep. University of Michigan has suspended all of their athletic activities for the next two weeks because of uh, COVID issues. So, uh, okay. they're, no, no, their shine is the new COVID, the British COVID strain, apparently. Oh, okay. Yes. So, yeah, they've suspended uh, men's and women's basketball and hockey. They was suspended those. Also, and, by, and, by the, uh, and by the way, Bill O'Brien, for those in a, in a college football note, he is apparently going to, if it comes to be, he is going to be on Nick Saban's staff. He's yeah. going to be the offensive coordinator. It is yeah. official now. Yeah, okay. well, uh, let's see if he can mess up Alabama's offense. Well, no, <laughs> actually, no. I no think he's a good assistant no, coach. Yeah. Hold, hold on. As an assistant coach? Yeah. And like Nick Saban pointed out talking about it, before he became GM, he wasn't a bad coach, but when he became coach and GM and play caller and everything, that's when it all started falling apart. That's when a lot of it. So, and a lot of coaches go to they go to the car. They call it the car wash. They go there and they get they get cleaned up. They get cleaned up and learn, and then they end up bouncing back. Look at the saving. I mean, the saving coaching tree. That, mm-hmm. You know, Kirby Smart, Jimbo Fisher, all these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, de- uh, all, and now we'll see with Sark here, but. Uh, yeah, but as far as the NCAA tournament, here's how this is going to work. As you all know, it's going to be in everything in Indianapolis, but they're also going to use Bloomington and West Lafayette, Indiana and Purdue's arenas. But they have to be there, like I said, for seven for five. They have to pass five COVID tests, so they have to arrive. Seven? No, no, seven. It is seven. Okay, it is seven. It. It is seven. So on that Tuesday, which is the 16th, they have to be there by the 16th, and. They're going to do all those play-in games. The Dayton games will be on Thursday, the 18th. Right. And then Friday, the 19th, and Saturday, the 20th, will be the round of 64. Sunday and Monday, the 21st and 22nd, will be the round of 32. Then they're going to go Saturday and Sunday, the 27th and 28th, Sweet 16. Now, 
every game is going to be at, at its own time slot. So you're not going to have two games at the same time on that. So they're going to go morning to night. And then mm-hmm. Monday and Tuesday, 29th and 30th, will be uh, the Elite Eight. And then yep. Final Four, April 3rd, championship game, April 5th. So Right. And it's all and you know at Lucas Oil Fieldhouse. Yeah, and then uh, I guess the other uh, college thing is Larry Scott, the commissioner, out with the Pac-12. He's uh, yep. apparently yeah, he, had a lot of trouble. He officially with leaves on June 30th, so July 1st I'll and have to come up with one somebody na- else. One name that has popped up for that, by the way, is Oliver Luck. Oh, yes, Andrew's dad. Okay. Well, and the well, former commissioner of the Oliver XFL. Yeah, former commissioner of the XFL. Uh, former athletic director of West Virginia. He was going to be the head of the NCAA, but I could see him. And remember, the, and he will get things done. The Pac-12 has had problems with their Pac-12 network and other stuff. And, you know, they're just, there's those teams, the Arizona teams haven't been happy in the Pac-12. USC, there's been rumors about them, so. Okay. So the NHL, Robert, we had a big uh, trade in the, the yes. NHL. And uh, now I wanted to clarify, you said that uh, this morning, but I wasn't sure whether this meant uh, just because it's Canada and the U.S. with this trade or any team. If you trade within the U.S. or within Canada, you still have to quarantine for two weeks uh, before you can be... far, From what I've been able to gather, uh, you're going to have to go through the quarantine no matter where you're traded. And it's going to be at least for two weeks, which, which makes it kind of... I, I don't understand how... How NFL, there I go, NHL trades are going to work if that's the case because normally when you're traded somewhere, they expect you to play, you know, the next day or two. I don't know how uh, any successful trades are going to be consummated. Well, that's why it's so early. Remember, your question was why would it be early? That means, okay, if you're going to get the trades, this would be the time to do it so you have people by the middle of February anyway. Yeah. Um, but remember, the NHL trading deadline is April the 12th, and I I don't know, I, because of what, what I've learned, um, unless somebody can correct me on this, I, I don't know how you're going to be successful as a GM making any kind of trade. to Like if you're competing for a playoff spot, if you want help, how are you going to get somebody to come in and help you if they got a well, quarantine for two weeks? Again, I'm, I'm yeah. wondering if it's uh, if U.S. trades or uh, and Canadian trades can be made without as much of a quarantine because you're already in the country. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't know. You know. Yeah. Okay. So tell people what the trade was. Uh, it was Pierre Luc Dubois traded from Columbus to Winnipeg for Patrick Laine, and I I never did get the name of the third player that was involved. Um, Two players are going to the to the Blue Jackets, and Dubois is going to the to the Jets. And the third player involved, he is originally from Columbus, so he gets to go home. And Pierre Luc Dubois, his dad works for the Winnipeg Jets, so I don't know if he's originally from Winnipeg or or what. But apparently, two out of the three are going. You know, they're going to be reunited with family. So, well, if you're going to quarantine, it's good to go home to do it. Yeah. So, okay. um, but yeah, that, that was quite shocking because that happened on Saturday. And of course, uh, you know, you, in a normal hockey year, when the season starts in October, you very seldom ever see, you know, trades only a week or two into the season. But of course, this year is so messed up. 
yeah. and it's going to be a shortened season. So that was quite shocking to see that cross the wire on Saturday morning. And also um, next week we're going to start. They've all played for a month, so we'll start the NHL standings. We'll get those for you starting yeah. next week. And, uh, and they know. do have COVID issues as well, so there's going to be teams behind the eight ball when you read the standings next week. Well, I don't read wins and losses. I just do points, so you, know, yeah. you won't really know by that. But, the, right. you know, it'll all come out in the wash because I'm sure, you know, and hey, while we're at it, the NFL has gotten it done. They're going to have a Super Bowl, yep. and who thought they yep. would? Yes, they, they are. Got you know, they got a full season, got every game in. Yeah, yep, but Rick, go ahead, Rick. Go ahead, Rick. In the NHL, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying these two-game series. I, you know, it's it's almost like a mini playoff series where yeah. if something happens in the first game, you, hit, you know, there may be retaliation in the second game. It's oh, they used to, yeah. that used to be the thing that used to happen. Remember when they used to have the original six? And well, that's what Saturday somebody, night yeah. in Montreal. I heard somebody say. You know, here to play the Canadians the next day and have have to fight resume or whatever. You know, I heard somebody say this is kind of like when the original six. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, According to um, according to all I've heard, that even when they do get back to eighty-two games, um, eventually, uh, with division opponents at least, you may see more of this in the future. Yeah, well, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, and then I hear the other night that, that, of course, they have less teams in the Canadian division, that Montreal went out west and played some, some team in a three-game series? Uh, that is correct. And you, you are going to see you are going to see uh, some cases, Rick, where it's a two-game series, a three-game series, or even a four-game series. So, wow. <laughs> and you're going you're gonna to run into that a few times in the NBA this year also. Well, we've certainly had two games here. The thing about, it, as I said, when when these divisions were lined up, the easiest division to play in is the Northeast. You know, the the, the one that the East. Yeah. Because you're the furthest you have to go is Boston to Washington, and that's not much yeah. at all. So, right. You know, our division, the two is probably going to be fine. But if you're going to have to go from, you know, uh, Montreal to Vancouver, you might want to play three while you're out. Oh, there. Uh, one one other note uh, that uh, just came across this morning: the San Jose Shark will no longer they'll no longer be homeless. Uh, it was rumored that they were going to have to play their entire season in Arizona. I don't know if the NHL put any pressure on Santa Clara County or how it happened. Uh, no, yesterday California loosened some of their restrictions yeah, with outdoor oh, dining okay. and right. all that. So that's yeah. where, and they said some sports and athletic events can go on, and that included Santa Clara County. So that also includes the University of Santa Clara has been playing their home games at the G League Arena in Santa Cruz, California, so they right. can go back home. Right. Well, remember, this is a temporary reprieve because the new strains start to come in in March, they expect. Yeah. And, uh, that's when you're going to, you know, the holiday uh, spike is kind of uh, waning. And yeah, I know. I, better I, most I, places, but now the, the March is going to be the next big. And that is why I think baseball, a lot of the owners who have some sense are thinking about why why try to play spring training games in March when really there's there's so much of the disease around. So yeah. Everybody. So anyway, it's for now tough. for now they're going to be allowed to play at home. So we'll see what happens. Okay. All right. So I think has anybody got anything else on any other sports? Or we can go to the poll question. We can or do go we to have the poll question. <clears throat> we can go to the poll. All right. What? All right. Let's once again the poll question. And Dick got us started earlier with it, but let's yep. go ahead. Some of your. Uh, be, uh, the top some of your best players who never won a championship in their sport. This is in honor of Philip Rivers retiring. So. Right. Okay. Well, I would say uh, the the easy ones for us here in um, you know the Red Sox is uh, Ted Williams and Kari Stremski. I mean, they yeah. got you know T- Ted Williams and they played in one World Series. Kari Stremski played in two. Uh, you know, they did not win them, and uh, that was it. The Red Sox. Uh, you know, there was no real postseason. You know, uh, back then for them very often. So that was all they had. Uh, as far as those bears that he mentioned, that that's quite a uh, quite a group. And the Giants, 
Um, after 56, a lot of the people that came in after 56, they did win in 56, but a lot of the team turned over, but they had very good teams and they made the championship game all the time, but they didn't win the championship. So they, yeah, you, yeah. Could, you could think about that. I'm sure there's people in the NBA. I'm not sure if Elgin Baylor actually won a championship. I think Jerry West did. I think he was on that team, but I don't think Elgin Baylor was when they found uh, Elgin too. Baylor was, I believe. I, th- I think he was, that was his last year. I think he won. That was his last okay, year. Then. Yeah. All right. Cause, but you would think that the, the way that the Celtics dominated and some of these other teams, uh, it, it would be pretty hard. I'm, I'm sure yeah. there's some other NBA players I was just trying well, to Well, Dominique thinking. Wilkins would be one. That's, what, that's one I thought of, yeah, yeah. Dominique Wilkins. Yeah, I've yeah. got a few when we get to NBA. I've okay. got a few that yeah, that's, uh, that's good. And uh, the NHL, I don't know. I can't really. Ray, Ray Bork almost didn't, you know, it yeah. took him a while to get uh, to the Stanley Cup finals and then uh, finally to win it. Uh, but uh, the NHL, not so much. I, right I right now, really... the one right now the one player that would uh, that would be at the top of that list would be uh, Jumbo Jumbo Joe Jumbo Joe Thornton that's yeah. right yeah. that's yeah. true he would be yeah. So that, those are the ones that I thought of. But Yaz and Ted Williams, yeah. I think that's uh, that. Oh, oh, and Minnesota, yeah. you know, they never won. I was thinking about them the other night. Harmon Killebrew and those guys, they, yep. they never won it. So yep. no, uh, that's, none that's of those. Another team that was, yep. uh, you know, they made the World Series the one time, but they didn't. Jim, do it. Jim Cotton, those all those. Jim Cotton, yep. 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 Okay. All right. Who's uh, who? Who are we going Perry? with next? Barry. I had minor, minor, pretty much baseball related, and. Um, I had those guys, you know, Cod and and Killebrew and those guys with the Twins. Yep. But the ones, the more and one of the most recent times, I could probably name you any number of players with the Cubs. But uh, Ryan Sandberg was a yep. biggie, and yep. uh, I think Rick Sutcliffe with the Cubs. I think that boy, that team in '84, that that no, up man. until '16, I got to tell you, that's the team that's always haunted me. Is they no, should Ernie they Banks. should. Ernie Banks. Banks. They not only they not only in '84 though could have been in the World Series, should have been in the World Series, no doubt about it. Yes. Yeah. No. Ernie Banks. I forgot about him. Billy Williams did get to win. I think when he went to Oakland, but Ernie Banks, Ron Ron Santo. Mm -hmm. uh, You know. So uh, that's yeah. There's a couple of the Cubs there. Yeah. For sure. Any any others? That's it. Nope. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, let's go to Rick. Let's go to Rick. Okay. I don't have a whole lot. Actually, Sean threw me a curveball. I thought, sure, we were going to do favorite Pro Bowl moments. but <laughs> um, Pretty much that people have already been mentioned. Yastrzemski and Williams and football, um, Dan Marino. And yep. was mentioned before, my personal all-time favorite player, Fran Tarkenton. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's about yep. it. Yeah. Okay. Who kept the Giants respectable for those five years. Yeah. yeah. Robert? Okay. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, I, re- I really have to think about this because uh, so many players have been mentioned. Uh, Barry Sanders, of course. Yep. Uh, you know, That's right. uh, Calvin Johnson for the Lions. Uh, um, you know, I. How about the know, entire uh, Lions franchise? Yeah. Yeah, the, right. the, yeah, the Lions haven't won anything since '57. So. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, gee, let's see who else we can think of. I've been racking my brain about all this stuff. All the all the people I thought of have already been mentioned. So. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those Buffalo Bills, of course, uh, yep. you know, never, never wanted Bruce Smith and people like that. So, oh, uh, I, that's what yeah. Kelly. Yep. Yep. Sean, go ahead. Okay. All right. One All pitcher right. for the Reds who was involved in two no hitters. Guy by the name of Jim Maloney. Do you guys remember him? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's he's one. What about a guy that played for the Colts? I know he played for the Rams. One of a real big trade, Eric Dickerson. And I 
True. Yeah, yeah, no, he never won either. You're right. You know, another yeah. good pitcher that didn't win was Juan Marichal. Just yep. thought about him, too. Yep. Yeah, really it, it was another great one. So those are mine. Okay. Sean? Sean? Well, all right. For me, I'm going to go. Of course, you mentioned a bunch of them. Like I had Jim Kelly and Dan Marino. And I'm also going to throw out John Stockton, Patrick mm-hmm. Ewing, and Charles Barkley. There, right. Oh, yeah. There you go. Charles Barkley yeah. and Thurman Thomas off the Buffalo Bills that never yeah. – that's another one that I'm thinking of. But Dan Marino and Jim Kelly, they suffered from – they were in the same class as Elway, and they <laughs> they were behind Elway. Yeah. <laughs> They were, but they were ahead of uh, Kenny O'Brien and uh, Tony Eason. And, uh, yeah, that uh, they were. Elway kept Georgia. them out of some, <laughs> he was, you know, some championships. And then, well, and the entire NFC East kept Jim Kelly out of some championships. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, they well, that's, that's and the, the other thing. Tom Brady is finally <laughs> Tom Brady is finally, uh, you know, he, he can't lose Jamal, the NFC Jamal, East if you want to start unmuting, we'll get to you in just a second. Yeah. yeah. That, that's who he's always lost to, the NFC East. Yep, that's yeah. right. All right, okay. go ahead, Jamal. I have a. You said some of the ones I was thinking about, but I have a few on the NFL side. Dan Marino, of course, Jim yep. Kelly, yep. Bernie Kosar. Oh right? yeah. The, yeah. And and Boomer Esiason. Yeah. Never. Yep. Also on the uh, NFL side, Thurman Thomas was another one. Yep. Hello, the poor man was just on teams that OJ Simpson. I just thought about him. OJ Simpson. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot. Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell. Right. Earl Campbell. And on the on the NBA side, you mentioned who else? You mentioned Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, John Stockton, Alex English, another one who. Oh yeah. Alex English, a hell of a player, never won a championship. Mm-hmm. Rolando Blackman. Dale. Hello. Yep. Dale Ellis. Yep. Yep. Okay. And, yeah. and on the uh, and on the baseball side, <laughs> of course, Ryan Sandberg, mm-hmm. Mel Hall, who was a very good player. I was about. You said, I don't think Andre Dawson won a World Series. No, no he did not. He did not. No, he did, no, he did not. Did. Oh, I, I just thought of another NBA, Wes Unsell. He didn't win. Uh, yes, he did. Yes, he oh, did. did. Oh, wait. 71. Uh, wait a minute. Oh, 78. He was still there. Yeah, okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Pierre, if you want to start – hold on, Jamal. Pierre, if you want to start unmuting, we'll get to you in just a second. Okay. Right, go ahead, Jamal. And also on the baseball side, you know, I was no lover of him as a manager, but I don't – Robinson Tura never won a World Series. Nope. True. Nope. Didn't want to fight either. <laughs> no. He <laughs> no, didn't do a good job as manager for that matter either. So, And also, a couple more players for the White Sox, both uh, Nelly Fox and Louis Aparicio. True. Yep. True. And actually, I was just thinking, uh, didn't um, uh, uh, Barry Bonds, I'm not sure he ever won one, did he? Uh, no, he did not. No, he didn't. No, he did not. And what about... And what about Dick Allen? No, nope. he no, he didn't either. No. Nope. Well, Pierre, let's so good. Let's see what Pierre has. Okay. Hey, Pierre. Uh, well, y'all stole all of mine. I <laughs> but uh, hey, Pierre, I, I, Pierre, I, I, what do you think about that new catcher we're going to have? Assuming that they trade uh, Contreras. Well, we're going to see. That's all I can say. Uh, Pierre, I left uh, you the NASCAR, so you could do that. Yeah, yeah the NASCAR is. Uh, 
Mark Mark Martin, he won just about everything, but he never won a championship. And yeah. uh, and w- what about in boxing, um, like Ken Nort? You know, oh, yeah. he no, he won. He, he won the heavyweight he title. Did yeah. he finally? He did? Okay. Yeah, he beat he beat Muhammad Ali and he won the title. So yep. Yeah, he did. When was that? Because I remember when he beat Muhammad Ali, but it wasn't a championship. Fight. Uh, nah, well, in night, uh, he won. I don't, remember uh, when he broke? I, you remember when he broke he, Ali's jaw? Yeah, he did that. I don't think that was for a championship. That was uh, not no, a championship but he, fight. But, uh, but he he ended up winning it shortly afterwards. Uh, some uh, I forget who he beat, but okay. uh, he did he did yeah. win. Well, nowadays that's impossible because everybody, if they're any good and they win three <laughs> fights in a row, they get a championship. So well, don't get me started on that. So. <laughs> <laughs> did Duran ever win a championship? Uh, yeah, Roberta. He won five oh. different titles and five oh, different right. weight five classes. Different titles because uh, all four of those guys had them. That's right. Hearn, yeah. Sagler, Leonard, Edgar, yeah. and all that. Yeah, they, they all, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So we got any more? Yeah, on Archie, that? Well, I'm surprised you didn't say Archie Manning. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Archie Manning. That's true. Yeah, he's true. the only Manning that didn't win anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Cooper hasn't won one yet. Cooper no. hasn't. That's right. <laughs> okay. So I guess Chris. we're ready for our deaths, but I know that uh, Bill, of course, the biggest one we have. Uh, well, before actually we get to that, we should mention Larry King because yeah. Uh, Larry yeah. King was involved in sports. He was involved in the uh, NFL pregame show on NBC. Uh, he did he, on his musical show. He talked a lot about sports. He, and he you know, was very knowledgeable. He had a Big lot of athletes on. And yeah, he had a, a lot, lot of athletes on his CNN show, too. So Yeah, uh, but, yeah. Uh, big, big Dodger fan. And yep. had been uh, since back in Brooklyn. He and Sandy Koufax were about the same age. They got to be really good friends. Yep. And, uh, you know, he also was involved with the Miami Dolphins when they started out. He was involved in their radio broadcasts, uh, I don't know, pregame or an analyst or something or another at the beginning. So uh, he, he was really, he really loved sports, that's for sure. You're going to hear a lot of it. Yeah. You're going to hear a lot of it um, Thursday night, and he's going to be vintage sports and a lot of of things from 1982 on the mutual yeah. show. So you'll you'll hear it. Good. Yeah. Okay. So Bill, you have some uh, audio for about Hank Aaron that we can listen to, and then I'll uh, run down what David USF gave us. I most certainly do. Here we go. He's mostly a risk hitter. He, mm-hmm. He's at the last second, and when you think the ball is past him, he will hit the ball mm-hmm. quick. Rather the catcher's glove. Oh, yeah, and I mean, he'll hit it hard. The thing that people should know about Henry is how good a player he was, how good an all-around player he was. That's one of the most overlooked aspects of his career. One of the things that all good hitters have to deal with is people say, oh, he was just gifted. He wasn't just gifted. He worked and worked and worked to get where he was. I studied the game very much. You know, I could tell you at the end of the season, if I hit 40 home runs, who I hit those 40 home runs off of. And here is Henry Aaron. This crowd is up all around. He's sitting on 714. How would Henry Aaron describe Henry Aaron's 715th home run? A swing, a long drive. We're back, we're back, we're back. It's good! <laughs> In America's mind, Babe's still the king, you know, but in the minds of us that play baseball, that are in baseball, Hank is the king, and uh, he'll always be the king. 
Before he was the king, he was Henry Aaron from Mobile, Alabama. Alongside his seven siblings, Henry grew up in a segregated neighborhood, often at the center of racial tension. I remember many times, you know, as a little boy growing up, that uh, uh, the Ku Klux Klan would come marching down the street for no reason, no reason at all. My mother would tell me, "Said son, go hide under the bed. Through all the hate, violence, and fear growing up, Aaron had one outlet. And my father asked me what I wanted to do, and I said, I want to play Major League Baseball. My father knew good and well that, that uh, if things stayed the way that they were, that was never going to be an opportunity. But thanks to the courage of one man, things didn't stay the way they were. In 1947, when Aaron was 13 years old, Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. A year later, Aaron told his father he'd be in the big leagues before he retired, a prophecy he would eventually fulfill. Henry would begin his journey in 1952, quitting high school to join the Indianapolis Clowns of the Negro Leagues. I didn't have much to care. I had a suitcase with one pair of pants in it. That's number one. <laughs> and I had $2 in my pocket, so I had to make sure that I spent it very wisely. The Milwaukee Braves spent their money wisely, purchasing Aaron from the Clowns for $10,000. In 1953, he played for the Braves minor league affiliate in Jacksonville, one of the first integrated teams in the Southern League. We were not able to stay with our teammates. Uh, we wasn't able to change clothes in, the, in some of the ballparks with our teammates. You realized that they were not right, but by the same token, you felt like you had to do them in order to make things better for someone else who was coming behind of social injustice did not deter Aaron from excelling on the field. He won the league MVP award, earning him an invite to Braves spring training the following year. That spring, all Hank wanted was a fair shot. Just given the chance to do the same thing that they were afforded the freedom to do, then if I fail, then you can let me go, but just give me the opportunity. Aaron was given that opportunity on March 14th when he cracked the starting line up after outfielder Bobby Thompson broke his ankle the previous day. Charlie Grimm went into the dugout and saw Henry, but he didn't call him Henry. He just said, hey, you, you're in right field. He got up there in St. Petersburg, and he hit a home run. First time of bats. Now, what do you think he did the second time? Another home run. It was a break, no question about it. You know, I was in the right place at the right time. After that break, Aaron never looked back. He was selected to the All-Star Game in 1955 and 56 and followed those campaigns with one of the most prolific seasons in his 23-year career. What are you hoping for in 1957? I hope I can gain the National League Batting Championship, and I also hope that I can hit 30 or more home runs and drive in 100 or more runs. Hank exceeded his own expectations in 57, batting 322 while hammering 44 home runs and driving in 132, and route to winning the MVP award. That was the year I honestly believed that he would have hit 400. He was getting at least two hits in almost every game. One hit that season Aaron would never forget would come on September 23rd in the 11th inning of a tie game with the Cardinals with a chance to clinch the pennant. The pitch to Henry Aaron, a swing and a drive back in the center field, going back towards the wall, it's a home run! The Braves are the champions of the National League! I dreamed about that. <laughs> I used to think about, well, wouldn't it be nice if you hit a pennant clinching or tie-breaking home run and skip around the bases, you know. It was a tremendous moment for me. The 
blast propelled the Braves to a meeting with the defending champion Yankees in the fall classic. A stage to no one's surprise, Aaron excelled. Braves won the World Series in seven games. Aaron batted 393 and drove in seven runs, helping him draw adoration from fans and respect from peers. I think the best hitter maybe right now that we're talking uh, is Henry Aaron right now in baseball. I think he's uh, he's able to wait uh, and keep his hands back and swing real quick at the ball. Aaron was consistently great for two decades, making the All-Star game every year from 1955 to 1975. He would belt 30 or more home runs in 15 different seasons and was a 300 hitter in 14 different years. But for those who played with and against Hank, he was much more than a great slugger. A lot of things wasn't recognized that Aaron did because he did it with such ease. Think about how many hits he had. 3,700 and some odd hits, right? Close to 3,800. You take away the 755 home runs he hit, and he still got 3,000 hits. Aaron hit at least 40 home runs in eight seasons, and by the end of 1973, he had 713 career home runs, just one shy of Babe Ruth's revered record, a record some people did not want him to break. And I got millions and millions of pieces of mail from people that were resentful simply because of the fact that who I was, and they just was not ready for a black man to break that record. I mean, he showed us the hate mail, yeah. Some of it. It was nasty. Some of it was just way nasty. It wasn't all from the South. It was from all over the country. Probably half of them were illegitimate, but one could be for real, and that would be the end. Through it all, Henry Aaron persevered. His pursuit of baseball's most cherished record continued, and on opening day of 1974, he took his place alongside Babe Ruth. 3-1 pitch. There's a drive into left field. That ball is going, going, and out of here. Henry Aaron has just tied Babe Ruth in the all-time home run parade. The record they said that couldn't be reached has just been reached by Henry Aaron. Four days later, Aaron and the Braves headed home to Atlanta. Get him for me, hey. Get him my way. April 8, 1974, the Braves hosted the Dodgers in the first home game of the season, with Aaron one swing away from surpassing the Sultan of Swat. Someone told me later on, said it was cold. I didn't feel a thing. They said it was drizzling. I didn't feel a thing. Hank told me, you know, that what he's going to do. He said, I'm tired of this. I'm going to get this over with right now. Here's the pitch by Downing. Swinging. You come a long ways, baby. You know, I mean, it's from Mobile, Alabama, all the way to breaking one of the most prestigious records in baseball. You know, I feel very proud of myself. I don't know how my mother ever got out of stand, but I guess she was bent on being out there, you know, which was fine with me. But she, she gave me the biggest, tightest hug I ever had in my life. I don't, I, I don't know how I got loose. He had tears on his cheek and tears in his eyes and I remember being stunned I said Henry Aaron is crying what a marvelous
marvelous moment for baseball. What a marvelous moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. I just thank God it's all over with. Thank you very much. At the time he called it quits, Aaron was second all-time in runs and hits and had more home runs, RBIs, and total bases than anyone who ever played the game. A tribute to the remarkable quality and consistency of his career. The way to fame is like the way to heaven through much tribulations. It had been for me to quote a very popular song, a long and winding road. He was a pillar of strength, and if anybody, black, white, red, or technicolor has a problem, you can look at Henry Aaron and say, look at the strength he had. I think that people can look at me and say, you know, he was a great baseball player, but he was even a greater human being. There you go. No, that was good. That was yeah. good. And I'm glad they had that quote from Vince Scully in there, too, because that's, uh, yeah, and, you know. And speak, yeah, speaking of guys that never won a championship, definitely not. <laughs> well, no, yeah, he did. He, he won in 57. Well, he won in 57, yeah. Oh, 57, yeah. Yeah, that's right, the Milwaukee Bears. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, Hank Aaron, we've got a lot of information about him. He uh, died uh, on Friday at 86 years old. Uh, let's see. He had, uh, let's see. In, and he, as they said, he went to the Indianapolis Clowns in the Negro League. And then there was a story that uh, he, that was, I think, on the thing that uh, David USF put on the phone where he almost played with the Giants. Giants uh, just were a few dollars, thousand dollars short. And he may have ended up playing with Willie Mays if yeah. uh, he, he would have signed wow. uh, with the Giants. That but, would have uh, been something. <laughs> he came up with the Braves on April 13th of 54. Uh, that was the Milwaukee Braves. <clears throat> Played in Milwaukee and Atlanta from 54 through 60 uh, through 74 for the Braves. And then the Brewers back in the Milwaukee for 70, 75 and 76. <clears throat> and, of course, he was a DH for the Brewers. And he was a 25-time All-Star. That, of course, uh, because they had the extra All-Star games, 59 through 62. He won the World Series in Milwaukee in 57. He was the MVP that year. And the Gold Glove winner in 58 through 60. Well, this, this guy, Roberto Clemente, people found out about right after that. <laughs> yeah. Now, it takes winning to do that, you see, because Clemente, nobody really knew who he was until the Pirates won the World Series. And after that, Clemente got all the, even yeah. though, uh, yeah, and Aaron was a great outfielder. He, you know, he, he was. was a very good outfielder. Yes, was, but, yeah. but uh, you know, Clemente was, was even better. Uh, he was the batting champ in 1956 and 1959, the home run leader in 57, 63, 66, and 67, and the RBI's leader in 57, 60, 63, and 66. He had uh, 44 retired by Atlanta and Milwaukee, and then uh, he's in the Braves Hall of Fame in Atlanta and the Baseball Hall of Fame in 82. He, his career average was 305. 3,771 hits, 755 home runs, 2,297 RBIs, and he holds the record for RBIs uh, at that time, at least. And total uh, it's, base, uh, it's still the record. Okay, and total bases and extra base hits yep. uh, for all. And uh, so he, let's see, he had uh, what was it, 12,364 at bats, and second to Pete Rose uh, in that. Uh, uh, category scored 2,174 runs, 624 doubles, and 98 triples. 
and uh, 240 steals. Didn't realize that. Uh, 1,402 walks, 1,383 strikeouts. So he's the guy. He's the guy we have to blame for everybody swinging wildly, right? Okay. <laughs> so and 733. Uh, uh, let's see, 733 uh, Braves. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, he, he was, hit uh, seven. He hit uh, 733 home runs for the Braves. Runs. Yeah. Was, yeah, and he was third yeah. in, in games played with 3,298. Uh, Hank Aaron Award for uh, Top Offensive Players. That's what we now have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he got the 2002 Medal of Freedom from George W. Bush. He had 863 home runs with Eddie Matthews, and that's the most for two teammates. Uh, they beating out, of course, Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. And uh, and uh, let's see. And then he was a Braves executive for many years and involved in community relations and so forth. So uh, did a lot for baseball and uh, really uh, – told some stories about an interview we heard with Larry King about, you know, that uh, they were, they went to, they did eat in a uh, restaurant in Washington, but then they heard the uh, people breaking the dishes that they had eaten off of uh, because they'd been eaten off of by black folks. So, you know, pretty weird stuff. Yeah. Okay. Then the other guy we scratched the service on uh, last week was Don Sutton, but we have more on him. 75 years old, played for the Dodgers from 66 through 80. Houston, 81 and 82, Milwaukee, 82 through 84, Oakland, 85, California Angels, 85 through 87, and back to the Dodgers again in 88. And the first game was April 14th of 66. The last game was 809 and 88. And, you know, so since he since he was released in August of 88, Chris, he did not get a World Series ring, so he never won a World Series title. I'm surprised that they didn't vote him a share. It's kind of strange. Usually that is... I don't know. Yeah. And rings weren't as big a thing till the 90s. I'm not sure what that means, but uh, that is a bit strange because, yeah. after all, the veteran that he was, I mean, Tom Seaver got a got a World Series ring from the Red Sox, uh, and he only pitched here for like a month. So, because but yeah. his status is you know a good pitcher and stuff. So I don't right. really get that. Uh, let's see. He uh, had four All Star appearances in 72, 73, 75, and 77, and the MLB uh, leader in for the ERA in. Uh, in 1980, uh, and the, his number 20 was retired by the Dodgers. And he's in the Atlanta Braves Hall of Fame as a broadcaster. MLB Hall of Fame in '98. He had uh, 324 wins and 256 losses, 3.26 ERA, 3,574 strikeouts, 58 shutouts, and 178 complete games. Uh, when's that going to happen again? Not Never. Really. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he was third in starts with 756 behind uh, Nolan Ryan and Cy Young when he retired, ahead of uh, Gary Maddox. Uh, and uh, was that, that's not right, Greg Maddox. Gary, Greg Maddox. Yeah, yeah right. That's and you first. know, he never once went on anybody's disabled list. Yeah, five one that? hitters. Five one-hitters and ten two-hitters. And in, in uh, let's see, he then uh, was a broadcaster for the Braves from 89 through 06. Of course, part of that uh, team. Actually, that means he replaced John Sterling. He was not with John yes, Sterling. Yes, he did. Yeah, he John was, Sterling he was went to the Yankees, and that's who yep. they get brought in. 89 mm-hmm. through 06 on those uh, you know TBS broadcasts and so forth. Then to Washington, 07 and 08. Back to Atlanta in the radio booth from 09 through 18. And the leads the Dodgers in many categories still. And he died of cancer, and he died in his sleep. Uh-huh. Then we have Chuck Mills, 92 years old, head, head of Utah State. Uh, I think this is football, yes, 66 through 72. And then Wake Forest in 73, 77. Uh, let's see. He was a high school coach in Illinois from 51 through 54. 
head Loyola uh, High School in, uh, I think, Los Angeles in 55, then assistant at uh, uh, Citrus uh, Junior College, 56, assistant at uh, Pomona, 57 and 58, and the head there, 59 through 61, and then uh, Indiana University of Pennsylvania. He was a head there, and we know Jerry loves that school, 62, <laughs> yeah. 62 and 63, then Merchant Marine Academy in 64, then he was assistant at Arizona 65, assistant at Kansas City Chiefs in 66, Utah State, and we told you, but the head coach there. And then, uh, let's see, uh, let's see, he was uh, 80 and 88 was his, coast, uh, his coaching record. Then he coached at the uh, Coast Guard in 97. And then he was the executive director of the Blue-Gray game uh, for about three years there. So that's, uh, you know, you got to get somebody in there who knows uh, – you know, call up, hey, come on, send your guy to our game, you know, kind of thing. Got to be a smoother to get that job. He was that from 78 through 80, executive director and, and the athletic director uh, in, um, I'm not sure what school that was, in 80 through 80. Oh, Southern Oregon, that's right, 80 through 89. The athletic director in, uh, in the Coast Guard, 89 through 2000. And, oh, here's his coaching record, 132, 133, and five overall. And, uh he died of pneumonia, and he's from in the Utah State Hall of Fame and the Southern Oregon Hall of Fame. And he got in there in 2019. Lou Getz, 74 years old, player that played for Rutgers in 66 through 69, assistant at Utah, and this is basketball, 71 through 74, assistant Duke, 75 through 78, head uh, at Richmond from 78 through 81, and uh, 38 and 44 with the Spiders. And then he became a land developer in Durham, North Carolina, and he died of cancer. We have Mike Sadek, 74 years old, heart and lung disease. He was a Giants uh, catcher. He played uh, in 73 and 75 through 81, uh, 383 games. He was a backup catcher. He had 226, 184 hits, uh, five home runs, 74 RBIs. And then he was the front office with San Francisco through 99 in community relations and uh and he was a big uh, practical joker in the in the clubhouse, and people were a very popular guy. Then we have uh, Ronnie Nielsen, 67, PGA Tour person from 78 through 83. He had no wins. He had 35 uh, uh, tournaments, uh, though, in western New York in particular. He was very good on the qualifying tournaments. And then he did win two champions events. That used to be the senior tour, and he won two of those. And uh, he died of dementia. Ted Thompson, 68 years old, Houston linebacker, Houston Oilers linebacker in 75 yep. through 84. And then he had only eight starts, however, more of a special teams guy, I guess. And he had eight recoveries of fumbles. Then he went to Green Bay as assistant director of personnel in 92, and then director of uh, from 93 through 97, play, and then player personnel from 97 through 99. Dave, David USF couldn't understand what all the differences in these gradations were anyway. Then he was a, went to Seattle as a vice president of football operations, 2000 through 2004, and then came back to Green Bay as a GM from 05 through 17. And then, uh, then he was a senior advisor after that uh, until his death. And uh, let's see. And let's see. Let's see. Uh, okay, he won. He was with Green Bay for Super Bowl wins and Super Bowls thirty-one and forty-five, and he drafted Aaron Rodgers. So, and um, let's see. Uh, and he had a nervous system breakdown uh, that he died of. 
Tony Jones, offensive tackle, 54 years old, played for, played for the Browns, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Browns, 88 through 95, stayed with the franchise when they became the Baltimore Ravens in 96, then played for Denver in 97 through 2000. Uh, two Super Bowls with Denver, Super Bowls 32 and 33, and the Pro Bowl in 98. Started 174 of 184 games. He had four fumble recoveries. Roger LeClaire, our friend that Dick was talking about, 84. Uh, kick, kicker for the Bears from uh, 60 through 66, and then a linebacker. And then 67, eight games with, uh, for Denver. And then 76 of 152 in field goal. But he was—he could kick those extra points. Fifty-two of 158, 152 of 158 in those. Uh, 63 championship, of course, for the Bears. And he had the linebacker. He was one one um, interception and one recovered fumble. And then he was the head uh, coach of Westfield State in, in, in 1982. He was two and seven, so he did not come back. He was a math teacher in Agawam, Massachusetts, for 30 years. How about that? Okay, Muriel Grossfeld, 80 years old. He was she was in the 56 and 60 and 64 Olympics as a gym, gymnast. And let's see, and he she was in, she was involved in the, the team gold in, in one of those uh, team gold in 63 in the Pan Am game and uh, team all around. Uh, and, and okay, so she coached in 68 and 72 for the Olympics and 70 74 championships and the Pan Am, and then uh, she was on the team training staff in up, in up through 2000, and a judge for many championships as well, and commentated on four networks. Uh, and, uh, and in 1981, she made the Gymnastics Hall of Fame, <clears throat> so somebody that people would be familiar with if they watch gymnastics on TV, and there's a lot of people who do. George Armstrong, 90 years old, Toronto right wing, uh, you know, of course, with the Maple Leafs, he played for Toronto from 50 through 71. Well, the first couple of years, they said he really came up in 52 because the, the Leafs won the Stanley Cup in 51, and he's not listed as that being one of his cups. So uh, 50 through 71, it says, but that's only a few games early. 1,188 games, in, uh, the most in, uh, uh, in Leafs history, and he was the captain uh, 13 of 13 Maple Leaf teams, uh, four Stanley Cups, and seven All-Star games. And last goal of the original six when they won the Stanley Cup over the Canadiens in '67. And they haven't won since. No, they haven't won since. Nope. 62, 63, and 64, and 67. They won. Uh, 296 uh, goals, 417 assists for 713 points, 110 playoff games, and 26 goals and 34 assists. And uh, six. Uh, let's see. And then uh, he. Went to coach. He, he retired in, in uh, '71 there, and in two, uh, he, they retired his number in 2016. And he was a scout in '71 and '72 for Toronto. And then he coached the uh, Toronto Marlboros from '72 through '78. And they they have apparently different cups they can go for in junior hockey. And he won four of those in all that time. He had uh, I think a record of 206, 140, and 57 ties. And then he uh, went to the, let's see, the 89-87, season, I should say. Coached the last 47 games for the Maple Leafs, 17-26-4. And, and he was a scout and in the front office for them after that. Yeah, and they wanted him to coach, I think, in the 70s at some point, And he yep. turned him down. Yeah, right after he retired. And, uh, and uh, for a long time, they... Uh, Nobody they, really wanted to work for Harold, Bla Harold exactly, Ballard. So. No, uh, he was not good. Cyril Pinder, 
74 years old, Philadelphia Eagle running back from 68 through 70, the Bears from 71 and 72, uh, Cowboys for a few games in 73, and then the Chicago Fire in the WFL, and then uh, the Chicago uh, Wind wins in the WFL, uh, the Fire in 74, the Winds in 75. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. He started 27 of 72 games, 1,709 yards, seven touchdowns uh, in his career. Uh, Ron Samford, S-A-M-F-O-R-D, 90 years old. Uh, he played uh, 12 games for the Giants in 54, one for the Tigers in 55, 54 for Detroit in 57, and then in uh, 91 for Washington in 59. So he played a total of 158 game, games, I think it was. 219 he hit, 70, uh, 73 hit, uh, five uh, home runs and 27 RBIs, and then... Uh, and he hit a three-run homer in his last at-bat. So he's got the, that in common with Ted Williams, that he uh, hit a homer in his last at-bat. And he also, the, the guy that replaced him, they didn't mention this here, was Zoilo Versalis, who is the most oh. in, un, mispronounced, because I remember him coming up with, with the Senators early in, in like September of 59. And that was probably the end of old run. They were waiting for somebody to replace this guy, and they finally got it. But he played for the Miners in 48 through 63. And then uh, all five homers were, were hit with Washington in uh, 59. So that was, uh, you know, that was his claim to fame that particular year. But then I could have made it, but then this guy comes up, Versailles, you know, and that was the end of it. Yeah. Hawthorne Wingo. Now, I always thought it was Hawthorne, but it was H-A-R-T-H-O-R-N-E, Wingo. 73 years old. He played for the Allentown CBA team in 70 through 72. And then the Knicks, 72 through 76. And then in Italy from 76 through 80, he won the uh, championship with the Knicks in 73. He uh, played uh, 13 games in the 72-73 season. And then uh, in three uh, playoff games, he had, uh, let's see, 212 games altogether, 1,023 points, 128 assists, and 745 rebounds. And he was kind of the guy that uh, you'd bring in when you were way ahead or way behind. That's uh, what I remember about him. So uh, anyway, that's uh, what I have. Yeah. One more else? thing, Chris, before we before we go, Chris, one more thing, and I should have mentioned this during the college basketball segment. We always talk about the people who are not traveling. Uh, Gary Dolphin, the voice of the Iowa Hawkeyes, has been. And uh, Gary Rima announced last night, the voice of the UNI Panthers, that he will begin this weekend. He will travel to Carbondale to cover the basketball games this okay. weekend on Saturday. And I've got, so that's, that's always good. I've got one oh, more yeah, death. Yeah. Okay. They're having a two-game series. Is that what they're doing? They are. Yes, the Missouri Valley is is yeah. playing either you know a Saturday Sunday or a Sunday Monday series, so that you only have to play one time yeah. to avoid travel. Go yeah, ahead, Bill. Sunbelt Conference USA. There's a number of leagues that are doing that. Yeah. yeah. One more death, and I wouldn't even mention this, but it's getting such a storm on. Twitter. A long time, well, he was a reporter for, a beat reporter for the Indiana Pacers, but he also went to Turner TV. His name was Saquon, S-E-Q, Saquon Smith, a long time writer, just died today of COVID. I mean, wow. when you get comments from the NBA commissioner on somebody passing away, this oh, guy yeah. must have been very well thought of. Oh yeah, yeah. So, okay. just thought Sean, I'd... You're, Sean, you're very well thought of too. So why don't you take us home? Yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you there. Very well. And, hey, just remember, next week we're going to be back with more Super Bowl talk to get you ready for the big game. So, anyway, uh, you can tell your friends or you can go back and listen to this again by downloading the podcast, legendoldies.com. Uh, type in Sports Lounge Live, three words in your podcatcher. Have it delivered to you every week that way. Uh, go to Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcast on your smart device or 773-572-3006. Option number nine is for Sports Lounge Live. So till next week, hey, you're ready to watch that Madden competition for the Pro Bowl. You know, hey, <laughs> we'll see, oh, you. Boy. see you next week.